Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to the Mark Fraley Podcast. This is episode number 90. Today is Friday, October 21st, 2022. We are waking up to some chilly mornings here in Nashville and some scattered frost. It's time to get those patio plants inside for the winter. Thanks, as always, to Ron Trammell and the Cats Tribute Band for our special intro music. And a special thank you to Colleen Dolan at the Wildlife Federation for her assistance in setting up today's interview. As we get started, let me remind everyone to be sure to sign up for our mailing list. You can find that at the main website page. And also, find us on Facebook and Twitter to be notified of new shows. Anybody who spends any time in the outdoors here in Tennessee, whether it be hunting, fishing, trail hiking, or what have you, has had the experience of finding a beer bottle or can in a remote or unlikely place. There is the frustration of wondering who could be so thoughtless as to leave this here. Tennessee has a problem with litter. There's no denying it. It is ugly to see and damaging to the environment, costly for state and local governments. We now know that it is also a public health concern with microplastics being detected in streams, even in remote reaches. Millions of tons of glass, aluminum, and plastic are wasted each year when they could be recycled and returned to sustainable use. There is waste and then there is conservation. The Tennessee Wildlife Federation is in the leadership of a current effort to address this problem. Our guest today is Kevin Botts, Policy Director for the Tennessee Wildlife Federation. We talk about the proposed Tennessee Clean Act, which is percolating in our state legislature. As you will hear, this current effort takes a different approach as compared to past efforts, with an, effort, with an emphasis on collaboration among stakeholders and an emphasis on recovery of plastic, glass, and metals from the waste stream. I sure hope you will enjoy this interview with Kevin Botts, and we will get started right after this brief message. Hi, this is Heather Lose, Editor-in-Chief of the Tennessee Conservationist Magazine. Every year, we publish six beautiful issues packed full of timely and informative stories about Tennessee culture, people, and places. You can stay informed about your world and all the great things happening in your Tennessee state parks. It's easy to subscribe. Just go to our website at tnconservationist.org. Thank you. So, Kevin Botts, welcome to the Mark Fraley Podcast. Thank you for having me. Kevin, it's, it's nice to have you. I, I don't think we've met before. I know you're with the, the um, Tennessee Wildlife Federation, and uh, are, you are responsible for, for public policy sorts of uh, situations and interests there at the Tennessee Wildlife Federation. That is correct. I am the director of policy here, and uh, I run our policy shop, overseeing all of our uh, state and federal uh, initiatives that that we are working on or working with uh, different agencies on with. And uh, and so, yeah, it's um, it's great being here and and moving the needle on on some things. Super. Well, it's nice. It's nice meeting you. Um, 
you know, the, the topic we want to talk about today is the proposed Tennessee Clean Act, which uh, has to do with litter prevention and control here in Tennessee. And it's curious um, why that is on the radar of the Tennessee Wildlife Federation. Uh, I think everybody will recognize that litter is a problem. How is that connected to, to wildlife and wildlife resources here in Tennessee? Sure. Well, that's a good question. And I think that to really set the stage and to get to that answer, I need to take us back on the timeline a little bit and, and go back in time. Roughly about five years ago, um, you know, we were, as we met with, with different folks across the state and different initiatives and things we were working on, we really started hearing an increase in complaints. Uh, from those in the outdoor space, uh, you know, and that encompasses on the waterways and a field. And, and this isn't just, you know, I think a lot of folks think that Tennessee Wildlife Federation is is only hooks and bullets. And uh, we're, we're much that's more the, than that. That's the canned phrase, the hook and bullet club, <laughs> right. right. And, you know, we're, 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 we're much more than that. And so, uh, you know, we protect the interests um, of, of everyone, of the natural assets here in the state, natural resources. So, you know, we were hearing people complain about they were seeing, you know, even in on walking trails and deep into the woods and in the waterway increase of litter and how that was impacting their outdoor experience. And so we kind of uh, we have a small but mighty policy team here and we really dug into research and, and started checking things out. And so over the next several years, we really were a really woke up to just what the litter issue was about the same time you know the tennessee river was noted as the most polluted studied river uh on the globe uh with the most microplastics per gallon so add that layer to it we just felt like look um this is something that we we need to take uh very seriously and so we decided to get involved, and um, and that's what's brought us to current date. Uh, as we met with uh, local officials, meaning more so that Chamber of Commerce la layer, the uh, city and county mayors, we also uh, learned that this is one of the top two or three things that they deal with on a, on a regular basis, oh, weekly absolutely. basis. Oh, absolutely. And, um, and there's not a lot of resources out there. So taking that all into consideration, we wanted to address this issue, try to prevent litter from continuing to get on the landscape. And there's some other things in the bill that I think, you know, that we will get to in this conversation, but that um, that opportunities for the state of Tennessee and recovering products and stuff. So that's really how we got involved is just trying to, to address something uh, at a high level. And we felt like doing it in the state legislature, excuse me, state legislature uh, was the perfect place. You know, uh, uh, some some years ago, two or three years ago, we had Professor uh, Belmont Professor um, Matt Hurd um, on the on the program. Uh, he's a ecology and uh, uh, biological sciences professor at, at Belmont, and uh, he talked to us about about plastics in the water and uh, the, the, the real concern that was to the health of, 
of the animals the, the, that live in the rivers, the fish and mollusks and such as that, um, but also uh, the, the, the risk to, you, to humans um, consuming this water uh, that, that is uh, loaded with plastics, even in some of the most remote uh, sections of river uh, in Tennessee. Uh, so it's, it's a, you know, what you see with, um, you know, papers and litter on the ground is one aspect of it, but uh, it's much deeper into the ecological cycle. No question about it. I mean, you know, we talk about the microplastics, and I, I think that's one of the more heavily concerned segments of uh, product that that tends to find its way onto the landscape and in the waters is, you know, you think about just how long it takes for a piece of plastic to uh, decompose. You're talking well <laughs> over a hundred years. So sure. if, if you really want to put that in perspective, think about every piece of plastic since we, since has plastic has been invented, is still out there. It's still out there somewhere. That's, that's pretty sad. And, um, you know, the recovery of this product and putting this, you know, back into the, that circular economy um, is really something that's, that's growing and, and something that's needed. All right. You know, I've, years ago, I, I was acquainted with a fellow by the name of Tony Campbell. Sure. Uh, who was one of the early vo folks in what was then called the Tennessee Conservation League. And that's, of course, now the Wildlife Federation. Um, and and uh, bills and, and proposals to deal with litter have been on the table for a long, long time in Tennessee. Um, I sure hope that this, that this effort will, will come to some uh, more meaningful uh, conclusion. Tell us about your bill and what, and what, it, uh, in, it, what it's intended to do. Well, sure. Um, again, I, I want to kind of, I think, framing these things um, kind of helps understand what we're trying to accomplish. And to your, to your point that you just made, there has been several bills that have tried to make their way through the legislature with, with absolutely uh, very little uh, chance of passing. Um, you know, there's just with every legislative issue, you're going to have someone on the other side of your 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 cause, your argument, and uh, and our bill is is not uh, any different than that. Sure. But to but to go back in, uh, in history a little bit, there, there's been uh, a true bottle bill that was tried to pass for many years here in the state of Tennessee, and um, that just was not met with with any confidence that that could address or or, you know, really do what it needed to be done. And, and so you had, you had the beer barrelage guys, uh, you have the beverage associations, and, and some of those folks are very anti uh, because they see that as, uh, you know, Tennessee's a red state. Um, red state equals no new taxes, don't tax our product. We don't have to want to be in that, you know, that mandate kind of situation. Right. So, so they have been very active in in defeating that bill for the last 10, 12 plus years. Right. Fast forward to current day, our bill is much more than that. Um, you know, our bill is is not a solution based bill. Our solution is really setting the policy for the next stage or evolution to come in this conversation, and that is bringing like-minded business individuals to the table to to identify the best opportunities for the state of Tennessee. 
So what I mean by that is our particular bill um, defines that if the bill passes, it would create a commission of 13 individuals, just like every other commission that's established for the most part, uh, those, those individuals would be, um, would be identified or selected by the governor and both speakers of the house and Senate. Those individuals are, um, you know, the business individuals, uh, you know, we're not expanding government, which is something that we're, you know, uh, we've been accused of is that we're trying to expand government. And I will tell you, we're not doing that. These are, these are citizens of Tennessee, uh, representing certain industries. So in the bill, it's, it's identified that even those that are opposing us, such as the beer barrelage guys, and they have a seat on this commission, uh, as well as other stakeholders, such as the agricultural community that's hit to the tune of $60 million annually in damages as it, uh, it does, uh, injuries to, to their, to their livestock. It, uh, it, it gets caught up in their, in their, their cotton bales, their hay bales, and it devalues those greatly. Sure enough. So, so, you know, those type stakeholders would have seats uh, on this commission. That commission would then have the charge of doing, uh, of, of addressing four issues, or excuse me, four objectives in the bill, and they would have four years to do it. And if I can, I'd, I could like to go ahead and tell you about those. Set it out, please. All right. So the, so the first objective is, is that, um, is that we recover, state of Tennessee recovers 85% of the glass, plastics, and aluminums that is sold in Tennessee. The second objective is to address the proliferation of the plastic bag, the single-use carry bags that, that we all are making use of um, as we carry our groceries out <coughs> to a retail store or convenience store. Um, the third thing is that they... Uh, to create a, a very robust educational program that addresses uh, reduction um, and, and, and recovery of, of additional products. And then the, the fourth uh, thing would be to take a look at the current laws that are on the books uh, that have to do with litter for their effectiveness. If they're not effective, then we'd like for them to make recommendations back to the state legislature to enhance those, do away with whatever the, the recommendation would be and they would have four years to come up with plan plans i should say uh to to address those four and put something in place so what i mean by that is you, you get a commission seated they have these objectives set before them and then they wouldn't these individuals would invite you know private enterprise back in to um to to try to help them source out what opportunities and systems are out there maybe it be in other states um that might be opportunities for the state of tennessee and how is that commission going to be staffed well as far as the staffing would go this would you know just like um other commissions in the state uh they would meet on a a, a regular basis but chances are that this this commission would probably fall under the direction of one of the departments uh you know be it department of ag be it uh you know uh, ecd right environmental um, yeah just yes, excuse me tdac and right. or, or or even the comptroller's office so right. so that's you know we're not married to where that falls to be gotcha. honest with you mark gotcha. um but you know 
we tried to put a bill together that really sets the framework. We know that there'll be ongoing dialogue and and that sort of thing as to how this thing may shake out. But we feel like we've got a really good piece of legislation to put forth and start a you know a healthy conversation. So, um, Kevin, the the uh, the the last bill number that I have is House Bill 0174. Is that still the bill that the bill number that this is being carried on? It is not. And, is, oh, and, okay. And so, well, so the so it's taken a couple couple of different um, stages here. So the, the bill number you reference was the very first bill that was put out there, Mark. Okay. And, um, and so we have since uh, changed some language in, in that and refiled a new version of the bill. All right. um, but <laughs> because it we're last year, last legislative session ended the two year, the second year of a two year session, we will have to refile that again. The whole again. thing's going to have to be refiled. <laughs> so it'll have a new, new bill number. That's Got right, you. Mark. It'll All have right. a whole new bill number. So if, that, if, if, if listeners want to, to read the, the bill that has been before the yes. legislature, they can go to the, the state legislature's site and enter HB 0174, and that would at least give them started in, in well, seeing I tell what's you, on the I, table. Let, let me, let me, let me, if they, if they want to go, they can do uh, SB, Senate Bill 2693. Okay. SB so that's the most recent. 2693. Okay. The House Bill number was 2759. Got you. And of course, I know that the uh, that you all have a website. That's right. In fact, I think a donate a domain. Uh, I'm going to get it wrong if I try to say it. Uh, Tennessee okay. Tennessee Clean dot org. Tennessee Clean dot org. You can Google Tennessee Clean Act. Mm-hmm. Um, we have basically locked all those up so that if you if you get oh, it somewhat close you. that it'll it's going to get you to the right place but you're, you're correct mark so and even on the website uh there's a place on there that you can uh you can actually read the bill. actually see the bill yeah exactly. and, and it'll link you right to the general assembly's right. website so right. so you can read the bill from there but you know i think it's important to to realize even though we are very aligned with this legislation um i think it's important to note that this is this piece of legislation is not the Tennessee Wildlife Federation's piece of legislation. This is every Tennessean out there that is tired of dealing with litter. Every Tennessean that wants to do something about, you know, uh, the litter situation and wants to see a better looking environment for their kids and grandkids generations to come. We just so happen to be the steward of this, um, really putting the vehicle together so that, you um, you know, we can have somewhat of a structured campaign uh, as it relates to this bill. You know, uh, Kevin, I interface quite a bit with the uh, the city and county park and recreation uh, directors and, and the folks that manage local parks in Tennessee. Um, and of course, as you expressed earlier, uh, the mayors are concerned about litter and, and the parks and recreation directors are the folks that that supervises picking up the litter most in most of our cities, along with our public works departments. Um, uh, I think there's a natural ally there uh, for you in the park and recreation community. Uh, of course, state parks deals with this, wildlife resources deals with it on their properties. Um, so you have an, a lot of natural allies in this. And I would, you know, and, and I think you're aware that the public health aspect of this is 
is, is becoming more well uh, described and, uh, and, and more, more understood than it has been ever, really. Uh, the, the whole revelation of plastics in the water is maybe not new to scientists, but it's, it's new really in the public uh, policy domain and in the public talking about it. Um, so I think there are some natural allies for you in this, in this effort. Well, you know, we're, we're trying our best to elevate the conversation and bring it to the forefront. You made a good point, and we did talk about it earlier about the mayors. You know, it's at that city county level that litter gets dealt with. You bet. Um, and so, if you really want to drill down on that and have a better understanding, understand that, you know, these budgets that these cities and counties have are not very robust. I mean, it is just enough to get by. And in many cases, it's not enough to get by. Exactly. So when you're talking about putting a crew of folks out there to pick up trash or to fund a vehicle to go around and pick up the trash, many times that's just or a boat available. or yeah. yes, yeah. it's just not available to yeah. them. Now there are some, some grant programs out there. Keep, uh, keep Tennessee beautiful, you know, has some programs and, and there are some, some grants out there to a limited degree. Um, but listen, there's not enough dollars. And what I try to tell people as I, I speak about this is we can't spend our way out of this. There's no amount of money that we can, that we can spend that's going to make this right. And the other part about this campaign is everyone needs to understand there needs to be a cultural change and a cultural shift as it relates to, to litter and the opportunity to recover these products. You know, Mark, there's there's many companies that are part of our coalition um, that have businesses here in the state of Tennessee that are looking for this recovered product. You have um, Owens Corning, who has three facilities. And you think about the insulation that they have is, is recycled glass and that every Every roll of pink insulation that you see at, you know, at a Home Depot has recycled glass in it, and they can't get enough of it. No kidding. They can't get enough of it. Strategic Materials is the largest glass recycler in North America. They have a facility here in Tennessee, and they, they say if we can pass a bill, they will double capacity and be able to grow their company. So you're, we're talking, you know, you have Arconic. Uh, another big aluminum can manufacturer uh, that bought the old Alcoa aluminum facility. Um, listen, these guys are begging, begging. And listen, glass and aluminum, two products that we have the opportunity to recover, recycle. They have endless life cycles on them. Right. It, it's amazing. So, you know, one of the big things is that as these companies are wanting to increase the recycled content and new material that they they put out and uh, you know that gets into it, it there's less energy that they have to to use in their own manufacturing facilities so forth and so on um that is that's something that they're looking at internally so that's part of their business plan and models but there's a lot of consumer demand out there mark that is is asking and begging companies to try and use more recycled and recovered material 
for some of the very reasons, but also just for the the sake of which we're even trying to do it, which is let's keep it from getting on the landscape. Let's send it to the right place and let's reuse it. it makes a whole lot of sense. And, that, you know, that's the other part of this, this bill. Uh, these are points that haven't been argued or had the opportunity to be argued um, as it relates to our bill uh, ever. And, and these are new conversations. And I really think the legislature, you know, hearing that this is a litter prevention, you have an opportunity to uh, recover and cr uh, material, clean up your state, uh, create new jobs. I mean, you tell me what any part of that doesn't sound good. Well, exactly. You know, the, one, of the, one of the working defi definitions of conservation is the prevention of waste. Correct. Uh, and, uh, you know, for every uh, aluminum can that we can recover, uh, take it back out of the, uh, the market and it back out of the, the, the stream, uh, the waste stream, so to speak, uh, that's that's uh, that's an element of, 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 of aluminum that doesn't have to be mined and smelted and, right. and energy wasted on on producing it. So uh, it's a win for, for the economy. It is. And again, uh, us elevating this conversation is going to be one of the big components in us passing this legislation. And I say us, I'm not talking about Tennessee Wildlife Federation, but I'm the us, meaning the state of Tennessee, Super. Um, there's raising this elevation and people becoming involved and, you know, businesses can get involved uh, by, you know, contacting us here at the Tennessee Wildlife Federation. Um, the other way is uh, for individuals can, when they go to the TennesseeCleanAct.org website, they can sign the petition where, you know, how, you know, take action. They can click on that and go down to where it says sign the petition. And really, you know, that's, that's a great way and, and, and share this information. You know, if you sign the petition, challenge yourself to find three family members or others that you can share this information or that website with, ask them to do the same thing, but it's, it's raising awareness um, is really what's going to help, you know, elevate this conversation to the level that we need it to, that's going to resonate with these legislators. You know, in, in my previous life, uh, I have, have done a little bit of lobbying, and I, and I know that the best time to, uh, to lobby a bill is before the legislature gets into session. Uh, I guess we'll come back into session the first week or so of January. That's correct. And uh, so I, I encourage uh, listeners, if they're wanting to, to, to promote this and to encourage its passage— uh, to talk with that legislator when you see them in the grocery store or at the barbershop and, um, and let them know that, that you're interested in, in this uh, and uh, that you want to support it and, and maybe tell them a little bit about why. Um, and that way, you know, when they get, they get here to Nashville, they're, they're predisposed to look at it favorably. Uh, sometimes, exactly right. sometimes contacting these guys during the session, and women, I should say, uh, yes. during the session, uh, is often very, very difficult. Um, and, um, and to just be quite honest, um, the advantage that citizens and people in local communities have uh, is they have a direct contact with legislators. And oftentimes the, the lobbyists who may be on the alternative side of an issue like this don't have that uh, contact in the, in the local 
uh, in the local barber shop, so to speak. That's right. Um, and so, um, if we can uh, encourage our legislators to to be positive uh, minded about this legislation before the session gets started, we're going to be better off. So, certainly encourage listeners to to get on your website, read all about this bill, uh, and contact legislators about it. I think you're right. Um, you know that that hometown connection and and you know if you don't or you can't meet with a legislator or you don't bump into them perhaps you you bump in or you have a better access to a mayor or a chamber president i think bringing it to True their enough. attention and letting them know True that enough. you know this this bill is going to be coming it's important to you it's important to your grandchildren and generations to come uh and an opportunity for us to clean up our state um it's an opportunity to create jobs and to you know uh recover product that that can cost less to produce new 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 product um you know if you can express that to them um and stay close to the conversation you know they they too will be speaking with their legislators and and mark you said it right i mean every citizen and and they they have a voice and we're trying to we're trying to amass those voice voices to to resonate at at the right time uh when the session starts uh and those sort of things and in signing the petition and and it it allows us to email you keep you updated on very good on the, absolutely on the campaign mark yep, yep, um yep. so that's another great way for people when they do sign that petition where you're not going to get phone calls and those sort of things from us but but it is a way for us to communicate with you keep you updated on the campaign what's going on you know it at certain times, we're going to reach out to the legislators and, and, and we will provide you with with their email addresses and their phone numbers. We want you to contact their offices. Um, they need to hear from us in volume. Um, there's no question about it. They need to know just how important this is and that once and for all, we, we're ready to do something to clean up our state. Well, Kevin, I'm excited to hear all about this. And I thank you so much for uh, joining us. And thanks to Colleen and your agency for uh, helping to to, to set this meeting up. Um, and uh, we wish you the best of luck with this, uh, with this bill and uh, call on us if we can, if we can be helpful. Well, the, the same for you, Mark. I appreciate you giving us a platform to, to get this message out because as a, we just said, it's, it's elevating it and getting it out to the masses um, is going to make, make a difference. And that's what we're trying to do. So right. thank you. Thank you again, Kevin. All right. Have a good one.